you open your Bibles to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. We're starting a new series today. Christine, if you put that, that we're starting a new series today entitled Life Revolution. Life Revolution. This message has been in my spirit for six months. And so uh, now is the time for Life Revolution. I would admonish you as your pastor not to miss this series. Life Revolution. So John chapter 10 verse 9 reads, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Verse 10 is where we're uh, launching from today. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. For the first uh, message in this new series, I want to talk to you from this thought, upgrade DYI. Upgrade DYI. Father, speak to us today in an anointing that will cause change to happen. Think through my mind, speak through my mouth, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Yep, you can put it on 30. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay, upgrade, DYI. So today we're starting this, this series, Life Revolution. And uh, if you're uh, quoting anything, posting anything from this message, I'd like for you to use the, ha the hashtag, uh, hashtag Life Revolution. And so uh, revolution means to overthrow or the overthrowing of a government by those who are governed. Um, when we were growing up, we uh, learned in school about the Industrial Revolution and the American Revolution and the French Revolution. All of us in here have lived through the digital revolu revolution. That's why most of you are looking at the Bible on your phones and not pages because we have gone through the digital revolution. So watch this. A revolution is a tumultuous and transformative event that attempts to change a nation, a region, a society, and in some cases the world. And I will say today for our next few weeks, it changes the lives of people in a very simple and practical way, revolution is change for the better. Everybody say this with me, revolution is the change for better. So let's talk about this because the purpose of this series, and I want you to get this, the purpose for our series is to challenge and to focus your efforts to bring about amazing life change. This is a great time to start a life revolution. It's fall finally in Georgia. Finally. Friday, hopefully, was the last 90 degree day. Lest we be wearing shorts on Christmas morning. <laughs> so this is a great time. We call it fall. And I believe if life revolution 
is going to happen for you, this is the season that some stuff needs to fall. This is the season. It's amazing to me how we wait for fall. It, I, I mean, it's still hot, but because we have technically on the calendar gone to fall, people have pulled out them boots. I've seen it. People from, people from the north wearing thigh boots and sweaters and all of that. I dare you to put on a sweater right now in Georgia. We just probably need to wait a few more days because it's nice and cool. It was chilly last night in the 60s with a little breeze. I was like, Lord, thank you. But this is a season where change, listen, this is a season where I feel like there's a grace for change. And if you want to change, now is the time to catch the wave. Y'all with me? Okay, so if you're, uh, if you're tweeting or posting, post this, and this is mine, so don't put your name under it. Not until you post it five times and then you can have it. Change is most often needed, but rarely welcomed. We see it not only in our personal lives, but we see it in business. We see it in the world today. Our world needs change, but we don't want it. George Bernard Shaw says it this way, those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. One of the reasons we're doing uh, this Renew Your Mind in this semester of the reload is because if change is going to happen in your life, you're going to have to get control of your thinking. That's why we've been taking our time going through this book by Dr. Caroline Leaf, Switch On Your Brain. It's amazing, an amazing book. She is a neurocognitive scientist, and she is also a believer. She has been studying this for 30 years, and she says your brain can change and heal your mind. No, I'm sorry. Your mind can heal your brain, okay? Your mind can heal your brain. So all this change happens in our mind, which is our heart, our will, our intellect. It is what the Bible calls in, uh, Hebrew, in the Hebrew text our suke, our soul, our will, our intellect, our emotions. When we get that healthy, change happens. Okay, I'll show you. We'll talk about this in a little bit. Um, John Maxwell says this, change is inevitable. I like this, but growth is optional. He's saying change is going to come whether you maximize it or not. Change is going to come. Here's the last one. Arnold Bennett says this, any change, even a change for the better, is always accompanied by discomfort. Even change for the better. You want to be fine? You want to have a six-pack? You want to have a beach body in the fall? You're going to have to get uncomfortable in a bunch of ways, in a bunch of ways. I've been going to the gym, and I'm doing well. I don't talk to y'all about it because I don't need nobody talking to me about it. <laughs> but I've been going, and I've been seeing results. The discomfort is not just getting up. The discomfort is not just actually going to the gym. It's not just the discomfort of your arms being sore because you're lifting weights. It's also the discomfort of, I can't eat that or it will cancel out. Or if I want to eat that, I have to do more in the gym. You see that? Discomfort. When you want to get your money right, discomfort. I was in Dillard's the other day, 
and I saw some shirts that were marked down. $8.57. I call that a blessing. So I had to start talking to myself. I said, Tim, you got this very shirt in four colors that you don't even wear. Why add these two colors? The other Tim says only $16, $17. The real Tim said, put it down. He was the real Tim that day. And so I was proud, yet uncomfortable. I was proud that I walked out with nothing in my hand. But the discomfort of putting back, listen, what you know you can afford, but don't need. When, those, when, when that moment happens in your life, that's called discipline. Because there's some stuff that you can afford, but that you don't need. See, y'all going to be quiet, that's what, so that's what we're going to do. You know, I asked the Lord to give me a special anointing for preaching today, and I feel, I feel like I'm going to have it because y'all going to be quiet on me. I really need y'all to talk back to me today because this is one of those messages that everybody gets uncomfortable. So I need you to get out of yourself, all right? Um, Caroline Leaf says your brain can do seven things at one time, and one thing it can do is get out of yourself. You can step outside of yourself. So while this message is giving you the one-two, you need to step out of yourself and say, yes, Pastor Breach, although you are hurting. I need you to help me, okay? I'm going to need you to help me. Okay, so, so change does this, and this won't be on the screen, but you can uh, write this down or, or type this out. I'll give you uh, a few things here that change brings. Change brings personal growth. I'm not going to preach it, but I just want you to know change brings Personal growth, change brings flexibility, it brings progress, and it brings strength. Change does all of that. So today in our text, we're talking about upgrade. And I want to give you a concept today that this text is showing me in this season of our church. So Jesus teaches a lesson that I believe, he teaches a lesson that I believe constructs a launching pad for us as we embark on this series called Life Revolution. So Jesus here says, I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly, okay? Now, in order for us to really embrace and appreciate the text, we gotta really examine this word life because Jesus is not talking about bios. Bios, we get from the English word, we get biology from bios. Bios uh, means a span of time. Bios will be the span of time between your birth date and your death date. Bios can also be uh, the necessities of life, like your uh, shelter, your food, your clothing. So Jesus is not talking about bios. But here, hear me, he is talking about zoe. This word uh, zoe that Jesus used here, listen, it is literally the life that God lives. So Jesus says, I have come that they may have the life that comes from God and have it at a high capacity, supernatural, 
super, that word abundantly is really super abundance. So Jesus is saying here, I have come so that you can have the life that God lives, the life that comes from God, and have it abundantly. So here's the concept. The concept is, although you're alive, are you thriving? The life that Jesus is talking about here is the difference between just living and thriving. And I would say to you that most of us want to thrive, but we're not thriving. So we need an upgrade. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to need an upgrade. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need an upgrade. I'm going to need an upgrade. Be, be careful because the, the sermon title is called Upgrade DIY. Okay. So be careful when you say, I'm going to need an upgrade. The spirit of the text, of the spirit of this message, is that you are going to have to upgrade. It's not the same spirit that Beyonce gives in her song. Because that song says, upgrade you. Which, which really means that I'm already at a place where I'm maximized, is what she's saying. And in order for you to be with me, you're going to have to come up. Well, here's the challenge. The challenge is this. We often fight with people who want you to be upgraded, but they don't want to upgrade. And the, the real issue is most of the time when we want people to be better, they would be better if we were. That's what I say is you got to step out of yourself. Because you keep, you keep thinking your spouse needs to get better. But I want to submit to you today that they won't until you do. Oh, you wanted me to say, yeah, we're going to get your family upgraded. No, no, no. We're going to get you upgraded so your family will. Because listen, quit telling people to do better when you won't. I can't stretch out. I did all that other talking at the beginning, so I'm going to have to stay true to time. Okay? So now, I would like to submit to you today that in order for you to thrive, there's going to need to be some changes in your life. Okay? There's going to need to be some changes in your life. I just want to say that again. In order for you to thrive, there's going to need to be some changes in your life. Jesus came that we have life and have it in superabundance. I do want to make sure that, that you are clear when I say this. When I talk about thriving... Thriving has nothing to do with having a lot of money. Thriving has nothing to do with stuff and things. I just want to be clear here because there are some rich people who are miserable. You hear me? I mean, there are people who are so rich and have done so much that they have to pay for sins that you and I would never even think about simply because they have done everything. All right, I'm going to leave it alone because some of y'all just feel y'all want the PG version. Yes, some people go and do some extra stuff 
because they've had so much money that they could do the stuff that would be extravagant and like, ooh, Lord, I don't know, I just need to go repent and just give my life back to you because I thought about it. They've said, I've thought about it, I've done it, I've created ways to do it differently, and now I'm on a whole different level of sin because just because you have a whole lot of money or things, whether you're saved or unsaved, that does not mean that you are thriving. And I want to be clear. So when people start talking about, yeah, I'm going to get this house, because Jesus says I come to, that, he, that, that he came that we can have life and life more abundantly, you could tell them that's not what he meant. And if that's why you bought that house, you might want to give it back while you can, because your, your, your interpretation of the text is wrong, and if you bought it because of that, and you think that's what's going to help you keep it, you're going to lose it, because that's not where we are. Okay, I just want to be clear that I'm not talking about stuff and things. However, I will say this to you. When you get to the place where you are thriving, things come. Are you with me? You don't get stuff and things and then thrive. But when you get to a place where you're not just living, but you're thriving, things come. God does not mind you having things. You do realize that, right? I mean, now, now Solomon was God's guy. And he goes out in history as the richest man who ever lived. I wish I had time to deal with that. I really would want to deal with the fact that all of these billionaires who don't serve God are really limiting their own resources. Because the guy that goes down in history as the richest one who's ever lived was a servant of God. And so I would say to them, if you can get to a billion status on your own, how much more could you get to? If you are a servant of God. But that ain't what I'm talking about. So let me, let, me, let me keep moving. All right. So when we're talking about thriving, we're talking about this. And here's what I want you to hear. Jesus is talking about being healthy in our souls. We're talking about soul health. Okay. Um, the Apostle John wrote in 3 John. He said, I beloved, he said, beloved, I would listen that in all things you prosper and be in health. See, we like to we like to shout on that. We got yeah, the word says he wants to prosper and be in health. He says, even as your soul prospers. Listen, the lesson in that line comes after that. Because what he's saying about Gaius is, I have heard that you are faithful that you love God's people. And he says, all the great stuff people are reporting about you, it tells me that your soul is healthy. Now, my prayer is that everything else in your life matches the health of your soul. Uh-oh. If I prayed that over you, would you be in the soup line tomorrow? If I prayed that over you, with every opportunity and contract and great business opportunity that's laying in front of you, would it all evaporate because your soul is not healthy? If your soul got healthy, everything else you put your hands to would go up and to the right. That, that, that means good. For those of you who are like, what? What does that mean? Up and to the right. Up and to the right. So when you, it, it, it'll be good, okay? <laughs> it'll be good. To me, I was like, what? 
So he wants your soul to be healthy. All right. So now, how do we how do we get to this upgrade that you're talking about, Pastor? Today's sermon is titled Upgrade DIY. How do we get there? All right. So I want to show you this theological concept in the 11 and a half minutes that I have left. So Jesus says <clears throat> in this text, he says, before we get to 9 and 10, which is our launching pad, he talks about in one. And I want you to go back and read that on your own. He starts giving this analogy about a shepherd sheep and thieves and robbers okay um and so where we pick up we pick up and jesus says i am the door okay let me see if i can back you into it real quick so jesus says to a group that anybody that comes into the sheepfold any way other than by the door he is a thief and a robber in, in other words he's a he's a a thief, he's a, a, a sheep hustler or a sheep rustler. He comes to steal, okay? Because we do hear Jesus go on to say that the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he uses this, uh, these, these two words, thief and robber. They would, they normally give us the same picture, but they do mean two different things, all right? So I'll give it to you real quick, and then we'll sit it on the shelf for a second. A thief is one who comes in secretly to steal from the owner and he intends to steal it permanently. He comes in secretly. Uh, the, the dictionary says he is stealth with how it has to do with trickery. Okay? It's, it's like people, those scams. I got a friend of mine who got scammed recently. And I, I, I thought to myself, that got you? That got you? That, that one wouldn't have got me. I don't know what would have got me, but that one would not have. But obviously you were distracted by that time. But anyway, that's a thief. A robber is one who comes and forcefully takes from you. Okay? If you were held up on the street and somebody puts a gun to your head and said, give me all your, uh, all your belongings, you wouldn't tell somebody I have been thieved. You say, I've been robbed. Because robbery is the action of taking from the owner by force. Y'all got me? One comes in silently and takes with the intent of taking it permanently. The other comes in and takes, and he takes it by force. So Jesus says, anybody that comes to the sheepfold this way is a thief and a robber. The only way they can really come is through the door, and Jesus says, I am the door. Okay? It, all of this now is shepherding terms. It is in this text, it is, it is the book of John, the gospel of John, the fourth gospel, that we hear the I am's of Jesus. Okay? All right? I am the true vine. All right? He is, he is, he is the good shepherd here in, in verse 11. That's not what I'm teaching, so I can't go too deep. So listen, Jesus gives this analogy, and here is what normally happens. A shepherd would build a sheep pen, all right? It's like a square. There's only one way in and one way out. And then the shepherd would leave an opening, and one would think the opening is to build a gate or a door on the sheep pen. But the shepherd would not put a door on the sheep pen. 
what the shepherd would do at night when it was time to go to sleep. He'd get all the sheep in and he would sleep in the doorway. So if a wolf or a bear were to try to come and get the sheep, they would have to step and wake him up. So he says, what I'm doing is putting my life on the line for the sheep. And if the enemy was going to come, the enemy is going to have to wrestle with me. All right. Y'all with me? So Jesus is saying, I'm the door. When I put you in the sheepfold, in order for you to come through and get in the sheepfold, you got to get into the sheepfold through me. Okay. He goes on to say in John 14, no man cometh to the father but by me. In order for us to have this abundant life, this God life that Jesus is talking about, we only get this God life when we initiate a relationship with God through Jesus. Jesus says anybody else that tries to get to God without, uh, without coming through me is a thief and a robber. All right? I'll throw this in for some of your friends at work. That all those people that tell you that there's many roads leading to one God, when they say that to you, you say, nice to meet you. I didn't know you were a thief. Jesus says this is the only way you can get in. All right, so here's my concept. We're talking about life revolution. And I'm talking to you today about upgrading your life. Life revolution or revolution happens violently. All right? So, if Jesus is standing in the doorway and I am in the sheepfold, in order for my life to be upgraded, some things have to change, right? And I love, I love, uh, I, I watch um, HGTV because this whole phenomenon of flipping these houses is really, y'all, it's really an amazing phenomenon. I mean, I used to watch, uh, I used to watch the one that was on, H, on uh, ABC. What was that one? The one on, H, H, on ABC where he would always say, move that bus. You remember that? You used to come on? Tie, tie, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to love it because... I didn't even have to watch what the house looked like before. I just really want to see the end result. Because what HGTV and shows like that tell me, Siobhan, it tells me that I don't have to have a new house in order to live upgraded. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to have a new house. Uh, but what's amazing is when you watch those shows and they start, they go in with sledgehammers and crowbars and chainsaws because they realize they're going to have to violently take some stuff out in order for the owners of this house to live in the, their dream. It's amazing that you can, you can achieve your dream and not have to have a new house. So just so you won't think I'm talking about you, I'm going to go look at the wall when I say what I'm about to say. Listen. You don't have to have a new spouse to have a new marriage. There's just some stuff in the spouses that need to come out and come down. You don't have to have a new job to have a great work life. There may just need to be some stuff. In... You, you understand what I'm saying? Because you can have a new job in the same place. You can have a new marriage with the same spouse. But the truth of the matter is something has to change. So then, Rodney, if Jesus is in the door of the sheep pen and I'm in the sheep pen, 
the first thing I got to recognize is I'm going to have to be honest that although I'm in the sheep pen and Jesus is in the door protecting me from the stuff that wants to get me, kill, steal, and destroy me, I got to admit that although I'm in the sheep pen, I am alive, but I'm not thriving. Oh, can I ask y'all a question? You don't have to raise your hand because I know how church people are. They won't change, but they won't admit that they need it. But the bottom line is most of us are in the sheepfold, but we don't thrive. We just live. Most of us have Jesus at our say, as our Savior. He is the door. He is protecting us from all hurt, harm, and danger. But still, we are not thriving. We got scriptures. We got great pictures of Jesus and walking on the water. And we got pictures of the eagles flying and I'm up and all this stuff that we have, but we're not thriving. Why do we think that is? Okay, so here it is. If Jesus is at the door, the thief and the robber can't get in, who am I going to have to fight to live upgraded? You're going to have to fight you. Yeah, life revolution. So now we take the characteristics of the thief and the robber, and although they can't come in, we'll take their characteristics and apply it to our lives and we will say that we will come in and take permanently by force anything that keeps me from thriving. This is what the series is about. I'm going to preach about us. I'm not going to preach about your neighbor. I'm not going to preach about the enemy because in this pen the enemy can't get in. But if change is going to happen you're going to have to fight something. And that something is you. That's right. The enemy. The out of you? Nope, the enemy. You're going to have to fight the enemy, and the enemy is in a you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, the biggest fight of your life, because you've got to remember this, the, the, the enemy comes around like as a roaring lion. He is not. He is like as. So what he comes in, that's, that's a simile. He, is, he, he, he looks like he's a lion, but the truth of the matter is he is not. And what the enemy really does is drops seeds in you and me. And what we fight, we call the devil. But it's not the devil we fight. He just throws seed. And then when he throws seed, we engage in the stuff that calls seeds to germ- germinate. Come here, James. James would say sin is first conceived. And then when it is conceived, it is acted upon. He says, then when it is acted upon, then it gives birth to sin. It starts with lust. But just because you're lusting doesn't mean you have to sin. Oh, see, that's why you need to come to the reload. Because Caroline Leaf talks about this thing called, called the superposition. The superposition is a quantum physics term, but it's quantum physics that really gives us a picture in the life of God. Because what she's saying is, uh, many times during the day, you get an opportunity to sit in a superposition. Well, what is the superposition? I'll give you her analogy. Her analogy was uh, a surfer who was waiting to enter a wave, and he had a GoPro on. And so what we see is this big wave, 
And on one side of the wave, there's this clear opening that he could take. And then on the other side of the wave, there is just water, but he could take that way too. There is a dark blot over there on that side. But so she, has to, she says that he has to choose in that moment what is called probability that turns into reality. Okay? Meaning, both go, to go either way is probable, but I need to co- collapse one option and make reality out of the other. Are y'all with me? So then he goes through this wave and he is an award-winning surfer. But what that blot was on the other side was a shark. He had a split second to be in the superposition. Well, God gives us that all the time, even in the life of the text. We hear him talk to the children of Israel. He says, I set before you life and death. Blessings and curses. He says, I don't even really want you to have to spend a whole time trying to figure out which way to go. Choose life. Let's collapse. What are the probabilities? The probabilities you have and turn it into a reality. Choose life. You have all day long the opportunity to choose right. And the question becomes, how are you going to choose? So the fight you got is with you. Okay? So here, here's what Jesus says I want to I bring abundantly into your life. One of the things he wants to bring into our lives abundantly, peace. Watch this. Number one is peace. You can write that down. Oh, okay, let's, let's move fast. Uh, watch this text. I love it. Philippians 4 and 7 says, peace is what he wants to give you, which surpasses all understanding. Now watch, watch, watch. Living an abundant life looks like this. It looks like, wow, I'm in a different place in life. I remember five years ago, if this had happened to me, I wouldn't be able to sleep. I would have had to have Ambien. I'd have to drink a bottle of wine. I'd have to have Tums. I'd be doing this, that, and the other, trying to, but for some reason, it's not bothering me. I don't even understand why. This is absolutely crazy. I'm sleeping better than I ever ever have in my life. I'm not worried about anything, and you don't know why. That's because... It's peace that trips you out. (laughs) It's peace that surpasses. You're like, I don't even get it because that's peace. But watch, it is peace that surpasses all understanding. He said this kind of peace will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Well, who are you going to have to fight to make sure that you stay in Christ Jesus? You're going to have to fight you. See, this is, this is the life that he wants us to have. Can I give you another one real quick? Look at Isaiah. We like this one. The Isaiah text that says, Isaiah 26 and 3, that says, uh, Isaiah prophesies, it says, you will keep him in. Perfect. That's mature peace. That's peace on a whole nother level. See, this is abundant living. He will keep, you will keep him in, in uh, uh, perfect peace whose mind is stayed or steadfast on you because they trust. Who, who are you going to have to fight to keep your mind on him? You have to fight you. He says, I want to give you peace. At a, at peace that is so mature that is perp- nothing rattles you. Can, listen, can I say this? You can have that peace and not have a whole lot of money. Or you can have a whole lot of money and be so scared somebody's going to come get it that you're crazy. Many people go crazy trying to keep all they have. But you're going to have to fight you to keep your mind stayed on him. Y'all with me? 
All right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here, here's just one more. I, one more on this peace thing. John 16, is one of my favorite texts. These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. Watch. Who are you going to have to fight to keep good cheer? You're going to have to fight you. Here's another thing he came to give us. He came to give us peace. This is all about abundant living. The next thing he wants to give us is joy. All about abundant living. Watch, watch this text. John 16, 24. It says, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy might be full. Who are you going to have to fight that's going to try to keep you from asking what you want? He will fight you. Because see, we say stuff like, I don't want to ask because I know he's busy. I said, why you didn't, why you didn't call me? I just know you're busy. Well, give me my number back. <laughs> everybody don't have my number. Now, I'm not saying that for everybody to call me, but what I'm saying, this is how we operate. We lean toward what we think we know. And see, we don't walk in the favor that God has for us because we'll say something like, well, I didn't call them because I didn't want them to think that I was trying to stalk them. Or I didn't want them to think that I'm the kind of person that be running after them. But you really are. You just don't want them to think that you are. And so you, <laughs> so then you, you step outside of favor that God has lined up for you because you have decided that the outcome is going to be what you, that's why you're going to have to fight you so you can live at another level. You're worried about what people think. But yet you're not living the abundant life. You are not thriving. And it's nobody else's fault but yours. See, this is the thing that gets on my nerves about people. You mad at me because you're not thriving? You mad at me? It's my fault that you made the decision that you made. But you want me to be better. But you're not thriving because you won't wrestle with you. Oh, listen, the best fight you'll ever have, the best workout you'll ever have is when you fight you. Because, see, you know all of your weaknesses. What's the new Will Smith movie? Jim and I mean, I don't know if it's great or not, but we probably all need to go see. Hey, we probably need to all go see it as a church. Let me go on a disclaimer right now. This church is not responsible for whatever that's going to happen on that screen. But, but the concept of the movie is when Will was his best self, there was a change that came in Will, and he came out of the agency. All this is from the trailer, so this is no spoiler alert. Okay, no spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the trailer, go see the trailer. But they make a clone of him when he was his best self. And so he ends up fighting himself. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. And it's the fight of his life because he's fighting himself when physically he was at his best. But now because he's wiser, he's probably mentally at his best. <laughs> Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And see, this is how we're going to have to fight because the younger you, still tries to raise up in you. 
It's the younger you that had all that stamina, that had all that swag, that was hot to death and cute. And that younger you keeps trying to fight you. And the old you says, that's not who we are anymore. But it's still in there. And it's keeping you from thriving because you want to live. The younger you keeps talking about, I just want to have a life. The older you says, I want to thrive. This life didn't work for me. Come on. I don't know if that's in the movie, but I mean. <laughs> but now that you got that, we can all go see it. And you can watch you fight you. Because the younger you know all your moves. But the older you knows that that move didn't work. <laughs> Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. And that's why you got to fight now. So you can get to that thriving place and you can stop just living. The impartation that I try to give the young people now is I know you want to live, but the nuggets that I give you take you from living to thriving because you want to live now from paycheck to paycheck. But if you hold off for living for a little while and get you a trade or something, you can have a great old paycheck that you can live off of and save and now you'll live and thrive. Because most of us live to the end of our check. And we never see thriving because we have not beat ourselves enough to thrive. I'm nine. I'm nine minutes over. Okay. Joy. Here's another one. Here's another one. Proverbs 1430 in the NIV says a joyful heart is good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Who are you going to have to fight to keep your heart joyful? You're going to have to fight you. Uh-huh. Because see, the old you going to say, see there, when we were younger, we had planned that by this age, you were going to be doing so and so and so. And then next thing you know, you're sad. And your spirit's broken. Because you I'm here I am, 50-something. I haven't even done half the stuff I said I was going to do. Yeah, but the stuff that you have done, you've been more successful. So because your list had 20 things on it, you got older and realized you could only successfully do three of them. And so those three you're doing pretty good on. And so you got to fight you to keep a joyful heart when the other you should tell you you ought to be sad because you thought you was going to be further. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm, I'm not going to fight you no more. I'm not fighting you. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of my time and energy to fight you because I'm going to need all the energy of my life to fight me because I've said some stuff. I've built some stuff up in my own head. I have called, I have taught myself a story and now I've been living out a narrative that ain't even true for me and I have been doing this stuff that God didn't even intend for me. I believe the lies that I told myself and I'm going to have to fight me so I can thrive. I'm going to have to fight me so I can stay out of depression. This ain't have nothing to do with the rest of the world. This has something to do with you. And Jesus says, I've come that they may live at another level, that they can thrive. What else he wants to give us? He gives us peace. He wants to give us joy. Now, this is just a list of three, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff that he wants to give you. I just don't even have time. Here's the last one he wants to give. He wants to give you contentment. He wants to give you contentment. Watch it. Proverbs 
What's the other Proverbs thing that I got wrong the other day, Christina? Put that one up for me. I think it was 1722. Is this it? No, I missed it. Sorry. That one, 1722 was for the joy. Okay. Yeah, wait, put that back. Let me, let me, wait, put that back. I got to say something about that. This should have been on the joy, and I got it messed up on my notes. Uh, Proverbs 17:22 says, listen, a joyful heart is good medicine. Is that what I just read a minute ago? No, I didn't read that, right? Okay, let me just say this one question. Who are you going to have to fight to take your medicine? You got to fight you. You got to keep your heart joyful. Okay, that's enough. Here it is, Philippians 4.11. I, I think I got all that all wrong, but here it is. Paul says, not that I speak regarding the need, but I have learned whatever state I'm in, listen, to be content. Who are you going to have to fight to learn the lessons of contentment? See, you're going to have to fight you because you keep comparing yourself. And if there's anything that will murder your spirit, it's comparison. Everybody goes through it, but can I speak to the men for a second? Brothers, we struggle. See, we struggle in that area because when God created man, he gave man a job. Which means our acclamation is to productivity. When he gave, when he created woman, he gave woman a relationship. You get what I mean? So when you meet a guy, we ask questions like, what do you do? When women meet each other, they be like, well, are you married? Do you have kids? Because they're relational. We are productivity. And so what happens is we compare because based on what somebody has, feels like they're being more productivity, more productive than we are. And contentment wanes when you compare. Contentment helps you save money. You always got to have latest and greatest. That's why you're always broke. You ever, you ever had friends like that? Friends like they got the latest and greatest everything, but they broke. Why are you broke and you got all of this? Because I bought this. Well, well, why why you buy that? Because it was the hottest new thing. Oh, was the old thing you had broke? No. But I always want to keep up with the times. Oh, you're not greedy. You're just not content. See, discontentment oftentimes looks like greed. Looks like greed. And we feel like he just, we just got to have everything. It's not that. It's just not, they're not content. And you're going to have to fight yourself to get content with what you have. You hear me? The reason kids like to go out to eat all the time is because they're not content with the food that, that you got in the house. And my mama would say, if you don't want what we have in the house, you're not hungry. That's what my mama would say. My mama wanted to go get something to eat. She's like, what? We got peas in there and corn. There's that ham that I had in there from Sunday. I would say, well, I don't want that. She would say, well, you're not hungry. Because some of us, 
get enamored with the thought of going somewhere and getting something that we think we don't have. Here's the deal. <laughs> if you got peas, corn, and ham in the refrigerator, but you want to go to Burger King, the problem is you're immature and you don't realize that both places have food. See, I thought I was about to say something deep. Let's see what's, what's wrong with us. It's the simple things of life that brings us to the place of being content. I am hungry. What will satisfy my hunger? Food. Because the truth of the matter is, you say I'm craving so-and-so, go get it, and then turn around and be like, yeah, they didn't do it for me. Tell me you've never had that experience. Oh, I got to go. Y'all made me do this. We would have been at the house by now. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Timothy, 1 Timothy 6 and 6 says this. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Um, I wrestle with this right here because it makes me feel like if the end result is great gain, remember, he wants us to live, have life, and life more abundantly. Why can't godliness be great gain? Why does it have to be godliness with contentment? Because at some point in your life, you got to be happy with Jesus alone. You can't keep running after stuff and things. So you can have God in your life and strive every day to be godly. But you got to get to the place where you decide, God, you're enough for me. Thank you. Thank you for everything I have. You have given this to me. I don't have to keep running after stuff. I don't have to be a workaholic. I don't have to keep uh, neglecting this in order to do that and get more. Great gain comes with me having you and me being content with what I have. That's why we work so much and miss games and family dinners and family reunions and because we're not content. And so when stuff comes up, we say, you know, I got to work. That gets on my nerves for people that own their own company. That really does get on my nerves. You can't be happy and say, I run, I run my own schedule, but can never come to a family reunion? What's wrong with you? Woo-hoo. What? Did I just, like, go to another church? What just happened? <laughs> Godliness with contentment is great gain. Listen, here's the bottom line. Y'all stand up. I'm done. You've been, you've been kind to me for giving, your, giving me your time. <clears throat> in this life revolution, there has to be an upgrade. And in this upgrade, you're going to have to do it yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm about to upgrade my life. Yep, 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 yep. Listen, I'm going to be walking around with some sledgehammers. But don't be afraid to say, hey, because this is not about you, it's about me. I'm going to walk around with some crowbars because there's some stuff that I have to pry off of my soul. There's some chainsaws that I'm going to have to have because I just got, I'm just going to have to cut some stuff up. But I do believe this, that when I finish this upgrade and when all of the dust settles, I will no longer live. I will thrive. Here's my prayer for you. My prayer for you is that whatever station you're in right now, you thrive. 
we're going to be dealing with some really heavy stuff in this, in this, uh, in this series. But it's going to be about you, and it's going to be about the things that you can do to take, your, take you from just living to thriving. I want you to thrive. Listen, here's what I'm coming to understand. That when you thrive, you won't be as tired. Because living makes us, we just running after stuff and running. And I'm going here and I'm doing this. And you got your hands in 50 million things. And you're like, oh, wait, you doing that now? I thought you were just, oh. Yeah, you know me. I'm a Jamaican. I got a million jobs. No, I know you. You're living and not thriving. Because you got all these jobs and you got all these streams of income, but you're tired. And you can enjoy nothing. Because you're not thriving. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I, I am learning, and, I, and just because I'm learning this, I'm not turning my experience into a theology, but I am learning that a whole bunch of income, streams of income that I used to have, the more I'm understanding me, I'm able to maximize the one or two and cut some others. See, some of the stuff that we call income is really just hobby, and it's just busy stuff. It's just busy. I'm not doing as much studio work. I, I'm doing some, some stuff for Kyle School, shooting and editing. And so the people are like, wow, that's what you do? And you, can you edit? Let it ask me, can you do a wedding? I said, no. <laughs> Ten years ago, I'd been like, yeah, let's talk about it. You know? But I've just learned some stuff. I've learned some stuff that people want all the gifts and talents that I have, and they don't want to pay for it. So I no longer offer it. Because I'm closer to my thrive. I've upgraded on some stuff. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? And I don't care how much you say, oh, my God, but we really need it. You could be good. And you're stroking my ego. But there, years ago, I needed my ego stroke. Now I'm thriving. I don't need that. Wow. They talking about you the goat. You know how to do all of this stuff. You got, you're talking about this. and We've never even heard that language. We need you to do. Nope. A part of your upgrade is being able to say no. Let me tell you something. When I said no on Thursday night, I wasn't saying no to them. I was saying no to me. Tim, you don't need that. No, you don't have time for that. No, that does not add value to where you're going. No, you don't need that stress. No, you don't need that, that deadline in your life that you'll possibly miss, and then you'll be mad talking to yourself and telling yourself that you're not professional. See, some stuff you got to say no to so you can keep your heart joyful. Man, I'm gone. You didn't even give a thousand dollars today, and I'm not even gonna take another offer. You in the clear? <laughs> You're in the clear. Listen. Here's what I like. God is going to give us the space and the grace to wrestle with us while he protects the door and he lets nobody else get in the ring. It's just you and you. Here's what I know. One of you will win. But my prayer is that the one that will win is the one that's going to bring revolutionary change to your life. You don't have to just live. You can thrive. Father, in Jesus' name. Give us the grace and the capacity. Give us the commitment that we need to engage 
ourselves to bring us to another place of living life abundantly, thriving. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name.